This episode of the Podular Modcast is brought to you by Recovery Effects and Devices. Quality handmade effects and modules paying homage to classic synth and effects designs while innovating for today's studios and musicians. Hello, my name is my Tim Held. And I'm Ian Price. Welcome to the Podular Modcast, where we rise and fall the waves of modular synthesis. Podmod Bods, welcome back to another episode. Uh, today's guest is Kyle Swisher, aka Dark Sparkler. Uh, we get into his new album that he recorded with a Buchla music easel, straight to reel to reel tape. Um, and you can pre order that now at darksparkler.bandcamp.com. And uh, the release show for that album is July 7th here in Seattle at the Rendezvous. Um, and that will be with Donald Crunk. Uh, the Animals at Night, who you hear behind us on the uh, theme song, and Lim and Jaya, who is Josh Lim, one half of uh, Modular on the Spot Seattle. So yeah, you can get uh, you can pre-order tickets at uh, Rendezvous website, um, or you can just show up. The show does start at 6:30 and ends around nine, so I would try to get there on time. Let's get into it. How'd you get? I don't even know where to start with this. <laughs> What's your background with music um i've been a guitar player since i had to figure out like a senior project to do your senior project was figuring out how to play guitar yeah so 17 or so Uh summer into and um because always just uh, you know big into uh alternative alternative music at that time Uh uh-huh so you know once i kind of figured out how to play the sweater song by weezer it was just like Uh (laughs) uh-huh i love it (laughs) I'm off and running. And so... I have a feeling we're probably the exact same age. Could be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 34? Boom. Yeah. 2002? Boom. Damn. Yep. Did we just become best friends? I think we did. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, yeah. I played in a few bands for kind of the 10 years after that. And then... Um, but always kind of kept on playing. You know, had more responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Work. Wife. Kid. And, um, and I, but always so still stuck in kind of guitar gear mode, mm-hmm. going through different amps and pedals and everything like that. So very much a, a gearhead. And then a few years back, like I like hit kind of my peak where it's like, I've got my favorite amp. I've got my guitar. I've got my delay pedal, like everything kind of settled. So then my eyes started wandering. And as you know, like there's very little guitar music that is popular now so everything that you do here is very synthesizer based and i never spent any time to kind of turn my head and look and see how that stuff is made so um so about two years ago yeah i kind of was like well i should just figure it out much like with other hobbies like cooking or something you you know just Mm -hmm. like i love to eat like i should actually (laughs) figure out how you know people that do this well do it and um so yeah, it was right when the Korg Minilog mm-hmm. came out, and so that seemed like a good kind of baseline to start and kind of learn subtractive synthesis. And you know, quickly it was like I don't know how to play piano. So while you know building patches was really fun, I then kind of didn't have the musical know-how to to figure out the rest. And 
when I learned guitar, I just, you know, learned some bar chords and tabs and, and so, yeah, I had fun with that, but then I kind of hit the wall and started wandering just cause, um, it kind of was still like guitar as I wasn't playing with other people at the time. You know, it was just kind of jamming at, at home mm-hmm. as like a stress reliever and stuff. And so writing simple pop songs and stuff like that and kind of, um, doing bedroom demos still was hitting the same wall of like, I kind of want two different sounds to be going at the same time. Uh-huh. Um, so I started to kind of look into modular stuff. I think probably just from like watching like a Nine Inch Nails video or something. Like okay. That. Yeah. I was going to say from, from Minilog to Bukla is, yeah, I mean, it's it, a jump. I guess it's just the like YouTube rabbit hole mm-hmm. of like you're watching 13 Minilog videos on how to from like Mark Doty. And then you kind of like, Oh yeah, Moog. I've heard of that stuff before. I, I watched that documentary a few years ago. He, right, was, right. he was a charming dude. <laughs> um, you know, so just nerded out and kept on digging and, um, and so, yeah, like started, you know, watch the, I dream of wires doc and I, th- yeah, somehow I kind of came across probably like, yeah, back to like nine nails or something like that. And see when Alessandro Cortini did a few albums with just the Bukla and he's a, um, big in that, in that world. And I don't know. I thought they were kind of mesmerizing compared to like seeing old big uh, Moog yeah. machines, which is like they look massive and daunting and awesome in that way. But this was the other kind of spectrum, like oh, a little bit smaller, but kind of I couldn't wrap my head around it, but it still seemed awesome. Uh huh. The the color scheme on it too is very enticing. Yeah, all the primary colors. Mm-hmm. And it looks it looks very like what they thought the future looked like in the sixties. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you know, it's stupid to go back to the East coast, West coast thing of these guys building their synthesizers on each different coast and their different philosophies, but maybe even shows and like you got this East coast kind of traditionalist black and white keyboards uh-huh. and stuff where they threw a bunch of colors and sliders everywhere. Yeah. I hear a lot of, a little, I, I, I have a basic understanding of the East Coast versus West Coast, but for those who don't know, well, and tell me more. Nobody should, I mean, it's such a touchy, I mean, everybody kind of talks about it, but then. If you want to know about East Coast, West Coast, look it up. Yeah, look at other forums where people are yelling uh-huh. about <laughs> yeah. it back and forth. <laughs> get and on Muff Wiggler and, get, and join an argument with somebody. Yeah, but it really just comes down to like, one guy did it one way and one guy did it the other. Okay, so when you uh, so when you it kind of sounds like you were looking at at Moog and Bukla and kind of weighing the two. Did you look into Eurorack and consider that? I mean, yeah, it was. I mean, Eurorack was enticing because obviously, kind of cheaper and the choose your own adventure kind of wave it is very cool. Um, because I had kind of bought the Korg and I just hit a wall fairly early on with it. Um, I guess like I knew yes I wanted. A f- you know, a few different voices to be able to do two different things. I want a sequencer going and be able to play something on top of that or, or whatever. Um, and I think with my previous gear history of like, I would at times have like 15 pedals, guitar pedals in front of me and then be like, all right, this is just too much. I uh-huh. need to shrink things up and get it down to, you know, my favorite delay pedal and, and fuzz pedal or whatever. Um, 
So I just knew I kind of didn't trust myself to go down the <laughs> the Euro rack because, dude, that is so you are you are you're telling my story right now. Like <laughs> I swear we like I was the same way with pedals. Like I I kept having to build bigger pedal boards, and my bandmates were just like, dude. <laughs> Like your amp sounds really good without any pedals. Yeah, and you're right. But yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I, yeah, it's like I've gone through all that, and so it kind of came down to like, oh, limitations and just kind of diving in on what you have and kind of you know working that to the max is how I finally kind of got down to with my my whole guitar stuff. So knowing that it's like, oh, I'm gonna, I don't know, you know. Spend a bunch of money on just setting up a case and and choosing what I think should work mm-hmm. in my mind of like what the modules that I should need to get things going. Um, I just already knew like it's probably not going to be that way. I'm always going to be every month or so turning out another 150, 300 bucks right. on up or whatever to kind of swap stuff out. And while you know I'm a psycho about gear, um, I'm not that much of a psycho where it's like I do have um, responsibilities and it just shouldn't be, you know, I'm very kind of like, you know, one thing comes in, I should probably sell one of these things too. That's, that's how I basically got to what I have now as a setup. I, I have, I've just acquired gear over the years and now I have guitar, a couple guitars, a couple pedals and all modular gear. Like all my other just kind of random Mm -hmm. shit is gone because yeah, it's a very expensive thing to get. Yeah. So, so the music, sorry, the music easel then was, was a very thought out. I guess we haven't even said that. That's what you have is you yeah. have the Buchla music easel, and that's that was like a that's a that's a very contained, if you know, thing. It's a it's a one. It, well, it's two things that go together. Yeah. Um, and I well, I got down to like well, I saw the uh, make noise shared system where it's like mm-hmm. okay, this is a thing that people buy because you can kind of you should be able to make all the music or, you know, some type of music with it. Um, and it roughly kind of came out to be the same amount for an easel, uh, depending on, you know, how long you wait on eBay and, and, <laughs> and pounce on or reverb or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but then I, I don't know, I guess I kind of got, I, I got into the stuff that, Alessandro Cortina was doing, and he actually, I think they made the uh, shared system for him or something like that, or that's, you know, don't quote me on that. I thought I heard that somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think it in some ways mirrors a lot of what the Bukla does. So I don't know. I, I, you know, obviously I got enticed by the sound from it and just, you know, delving down that YouTube rabbit hole of just listening to everything that I could with kind of all aspects or, you know, with make noise stuff and this, um, I don't know. I, I still, you know, I used to play old sixties Fender amps and, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. There's something, you know, it's, you go with practical and then you get romantic about what you want to do, or at least that's kind of like what inspires me. I'm glad that you brought that up. Cause I was trying to figure out a way to kind of get into this. This is something we've talked about on the last few episodes and it's digital sounds really good now and, and, mm-hmm. and, rep, and digital, uh, you know, reissues of old analog stuff sounds pretty damn close, but there is, 
there is something about that old original analog. And as I'm sitting here looking at the stuff that you brought up, you've got this, the tape echo, the mm-hmm. giant box tape yeah, echo. Yeah, the full tone. Yeah, tube um, tape echo. Yeah, so it's like, it's just, a, it's an effect, but it's the size of an amp head. Yeah. Um, you've got your Buchla Music Easel. You've got an Eventide Space, which is one of my favorite. Yeah. Even though that's even Obviously, though that's digital, it sounds really really great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's just cl- and then to top it all off, to start talking about your album that you just made, mm-hmm. all to tape. Yeah. So there's something about all of that. Like, so what is that? Because you mentioned romanticism, but it 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 sounds better to you, or like what what is it all? Yeah. I mean, I guess early on, I was. I was interested in, in production. Like I thought, you know, in high school or something like that, like, Oh, I'm going to become an audio engineer or something. Just, you know, cause at that, you know, before I started learning how to play guitar and not really, I mean, I play like saxophone and stuff in, in uh, middle school and stuff like that. But, you know, like, Oh, I want to be, I'm so into music. Like how can I, you know, help create music, but not be an actual musician and stuff. So, um, and then kind of getting some mentors throughout the year shortly after, um, you know, these guys that were kind of like big analog heads and, you know, they had their studio in their house and they'd have, you know, 24 track tape machines. And, um, and so I kind of just, yeah, I was suckered in. <laughs> I mean, suckered, it sounds great. I don't know. And, and yeah, I'll, there, I don't have any like problems with digital, but I always just kept on like, yeah, it sounds good. Like I'm gonna keep on mm-hmm. rolling with this, and so um, I had a job where I sit in front of a computer all day, and so knowing that already, I go home and play guitar, and that's a good just, you know, I'm not looking at a screen, I'm just mm-hmm. jamming out. Um, getting into synthesizers, like I never even wanted, just like, oh, I can probably do all this stuff on a computer for much cheaper or get sounds and stuff, but that still is like, no, I want something tactile. I like gear, I like hardware. That's, I'm right there with you. I, I like to have that tangible object in front of me. I want to turn the knob mm-hmm. with my finger. Um, it's like, but it's like, yeah, I have it all right here, but I'm still pressing the same keys that I'm doing when I'm writing an email to a client like <laughs> three hours earlier. Mm-hmm. As so it's just like, no, I need something different. Yeah, totally. Um, so, you know, I, so along those lines, like, yeah, I do have like a little, I got like a little two um, input audio interface a few years earlier to kind of record bedroom demos and stuff like that and used a very crude online drum machine or whatever and didn't love it. Yeah. But like, oh, I'm at least putting kind of ideas down and I have those and that's great. Um, but just, so once I kind of settled on getting the Buchla, um, I want, I wasn't loving what I was getting. I was just kind of straight into the, um, into my interface or whatever. And, uh, I don't thought it would be cool to like, well, I don't need a huge tape machine, but I can get an old, um, you know, commercial grade one, I'm uh-huh. sure. And it turns out my grandpa did have one and it was amazing. It actually has tubes and speakers in it. And oh, it's like nice. totally madman, mid-century modern looking like. <laughs> perfect piece but it kind of wasn't um up to working order so i was getting that one fixed and bought one from a guy that was fixing it um at the same time so i kind of had a backup or one that i knew that would work well because i still was kind of iffy about my grandpa's and um 
I don't know. It's like kind of going back to a romantic thing of like the original Bukla. So I don't know. There's something about like, well, let's, you know, for this instrument that was designed back then and everything, it was being recorded to, to tape. I just felt like, ah, it'll no, be fun. See, and I, I've heard, I've heard the, the, nays, the naysayers to analog, the, the, the people that are, who think people like us are, are silly. Um, we are. I, oh, absolutely, but so are they. And we have, ultimately, like when I, I think about it, like when I when I start taking myself really seriously, and like I don't know if if, if I'm getting like mentally defensive about something, and like I I catch myself, I have to remind myself the thing that you're most interested in the whole world are just little things that make different noises. Mm-hmm. Like you can't take that too seriously. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if you're gonna jump into that and take it seriously, like. I think the counter argument of oh is it, it's just like a hipster romanticism. Okay, yeah, that's super fun. I I also like like I just built this case out of like a '70s Samsonite yeah. suitcase it because awesome. I think it looks fucking cool. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. And if and it draws you in, and you know allows you to I don't know, just inspire in just little stupid ways, mm-hmm. whether that being tactile or just all the, you know primary colors on these knobs and sliders like yeah that's what i don't know it makes me want to fuck around (laughs) right (laughs) so yeah it's the tape is not practical just like tracking down reels of tape and having them break on you because your machine is not quite working so you don't really know (laughs) how to work it when you first get it Uh um but i don't know it's fun there's i so i've i i do all external gear but i do record to a, a laptop, so I, I'm not as cool or ridiculous as you, depending on who you <laughs> ask. <laughs> I say cool though. Um, Thank you. There, when I the first time I really started using Ableton and 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 fucking around with soft synths mm-hmm. and everything, um, I didn't feel like the th- stuff that I was making when it when it came out and sounded cool or whatever. Yeah. If someone said that sounded good, I didn't feel like I could really take pride or credit for it part of me was kind of like yeah i didn't actually really do that Mm. even though Mm -hmm. i mean even though i did and it's this it's it really is the same i understand that it is it it, it's the same yeah um but i feel like i'm earning it more and 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 i think that's what's attractive about modular is like you're building all these different connections between all these different things you're you're chipping a sound out of a piece of marble yeah. So I've I just I imagine I'm really romanticizing what you did with the Bukla to tape. That sounds like you earned this album that you just made. Yeah, and you know, and I also think of it as also kind of I don't know, is it going the cheap way too? Because I, I you know, I have a I think it's like Studio One or something with it like I guess I just wanted something um it was always kind of right in front of me and on like I have it set up right behind the bukla so it's Mm -hmm. just like as easy for me to go press two buttons and press play to to get that on there and go so in a way it also was kind of practical okay in a backwards Uh uh-huh once it was set up once you got everything there and in the in in place yeah and I don't, you know, and then just play it back, and it, it sounds really good right there. And then I'm not like turning to my laptop and having it wake up again, and right, <laughs> right, right, go through all all those 
functions. Um, but I also, I, I, most of my stuff, I just do kind of one take passes. I mean, no multi-tracking with that. That's what I was going to ask. I, so I listened to two of the tracks on your SoundCloud today. Mm -hmm. um, and you go by Dark Sparkler? Yeah, okay. for, uh, yeah, you know, monikers, I guess. Right, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've always been in between, not in between. I've been in between wanting to pick one and not wanting. I've just gone under my name. But I kind of wish I hadn't because my last name is a past tense verb. Oh. So it's just, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I got to where, like, do I want to make a website with my name on it? Yeah. That's where, like, <laughs> my insecurity went or something. And it's like, well, well it's be fun to have something different. Yeah. <laughs> like, I like the name. And I was, I was going to ask where it came. Because as I was listening to your, it, it's a fitting name. Your oh. music sounds like a dark sparkler. Oh, thank you. Um, I, um... I came across that. It's actually a title of uh, Amber Tamblin book of poems that oh, okay. came out in the last handful of years. Thinking about stuff musically, I don't know, just was, I, all the time when I hear some, you know, two or three words put together, I'm like, oh, that'd be like a sweet band name. Yeah. And that one just kind of, I just banked that mm -hmm. for a bit. And then it kind of came time and it's like, oh, there's no band called Dark Sparkler, so. Yeah. You mentioned earlier learning how to play Weezer songs mm -hmm. and... Um, Smashing Pumpkins, we've talked about some, some of the music that we've liked and our, our history with what kind of music we like to play. And I can hear that in what mm -hmm. you make. There, there is, there's a pop element to what you're doing with this, but it is kind of darker sounding. How much of that was intentional or is that just how you make music? Yeah, like I don't, I can't get away from <laughs> just like a, you know, verse, chorus, verse, bridge uh -huh. kind of structure. Um, just because so much, you know, it's like I grew up on the Beatles and Michael Jackson right. and, um, you know, even though it's like heavier music and stuff, like like electronic music, I mean, except for like Nine Inch Nails, like never was in my my headspace, like mm -hmm. never listened to it. I, I can't tell you all the different genres of, of techno and and stuff. And so, you know, it's like I was intrigued by the sounds and... um. You know, it's just like, oh, maybe I can apply it to my kind of songwriting aesthetic mm -hmm. in a way. Like, um, I got this other machine recently called a, a Lyra 8. It's on the lab. It's like this 8 oscillator box, big kind of drone machine. But, um, you know, you kind of get everything going, throw some distortion on there. It's like, this is, this sounds exactly like My Bloody Valentine yeah. in the box. <laughs> um so yeah, I guess I, um, I think part of like a big part of also going with the Bukla instead of going to Eurorack world is I never see much control with Eurorack, mm -hmm. um, where there's like a touch sensitive keyboard mm -hmm. on here. So it still could link me of like, oh, I can, you know, punch down a me melody and you know, something might come back that I, you know, it's coherent or that I'm pushing the button and it, it makes sense that it's making <laughs> that sound where, you know, you look like at this glorious mess that you have in front of you and it's just <laughs> like, I don't know how you got there. And um, not like you can even kind of do that with Bukla, but I just, I guess it still was kind of keeping one foot in the traditionalist. Okay. 
So I originally got into modular because I wanted to get away from my brain because I'm the same way. Everything I make sounds like I made it, and I kind of wanted to see yeah, yeah, what would happen if I took all the agency of melody away from myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's interesting. And now I'm kind of looking for ways to bring that back maybe like 25%. Yeah, I mean, I think that's smart to totally get away from it and then kind of reel it in. Um, I just got worried that I just like, I'd get all this stuff and then I'd have no way to really control it mm-hmm. in the way I wanted to, which probably wouldn't have been a bad thing. But then I just worried like, will I love it or will it just sit there and I'll feel bad of like, I spent all this money on this stuff. You love and it. Yeah, you yeah, love I, yeah, it. I would. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, now knowing it's just like, this was a, a gamble, uh-huh. a leap of faith to go like, all right, I'm going to go this, mm-hmm. this route and, you know, yeah, I'm only like a year and a half. Well, I think I got it last April, 2017. Okay. So oh, wow. yeah, over a little over a year. And um, you already have an album under your belt. That's, that's pretty impressive. I mean, I just started documenting early on uh-huh. because I just like, I don't feel like there's no, there's no presets on the, on this um, stuff that we do. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like, oh, I just got to get used to, documenting as i go so it's like i find something you know mess around kind of like oh there's something there and now let's just push it Uh let's just keep it going to where and then my kind of song structure comes in like oh this is like part a and part b like can i even get a part c out of this probably not Uh but like at least there's um kind of and then and then it can end because like i i with this it's still limited and as into two voices and i'll sure i'll i'll branch out and get better as i i go but kind of it's also funny kind of just approaching this music and like i i know playing bands like you you know if you're gonna go play a show you go set up your stuff you play a half hour's worth probably like seven eight songs and then you're you're done Mm -hmm. but then it's like well how how do you do it in this world yeah (laughs) hey we'd like to introduce you to a new module by Recovery Effects, the Bleeding Hearts, a random sequencer, rhythm generator, destroyer, and filter. The Bleeding Hearts is an effect device that at its core starves, bit crushes, splatters, and filters audio sources like no other. Feeding a gate signal to the Bleeding Hearts enables a whole new world of strange and random analog generated movement. Every position of the eight-step sequencer can bleed into each other and interact with the destruction effect, creating gated and filtered splatters glitches, and crunches that move to the beat of your patch. Whoa. It's been fun. And so in a ways, I still kind of feel like outsider because like going, because I haven't, didn't go down the Iraq, but like going to Patrick's, like there's not as much of like, I'm still a fan of, mm-hmm. of it all. And, and uh, you know, I, I consume a lot of uh, your rack video and podcasts and and, uh-huh. and stuff. Um, I don't know. If I, I find it comforting, but um, <laughs> but yeah. So it's 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 been fun to um, kind of finally start meeting some people that actually play booklets as well. Yeah. Well, it's funny you said like it sounds like you feel a little bit like an outsider not being into your rack. But as a your rack guy, I, I can tell you that when a bukla guy shows up, everybody in the your rack's kind of like. Oh fuck, dude! That's like, <laughs> that's that's the, that's the big dogs right there. And this is like the low, and <laughs> it's like you know, this is like the low end of the Bukla totem pole too of of getting the easel. Yeah. Um, but you know that's why I 
just bought three six unit Buchla boats that will okay. be my retirement project at some point. I like, was gonna ask. Okay, so I was gonna ask if if you were gonna expand or if you had or. Yeah, it's the the plan. I mean, I uh, you know steel tariffs be damned. I was able to score some uh, Taiwanese aluminum uh-huh. um, <laughs> and uh, got these like just bare naked um, you know boats uh, to start putting modules in. And so yeah, I plan on kind of going very slowly like mm-hmm. maybe one or two modules a year oh wow okay and just to first kind of like expand off the easel because the easel structure like you you know there's not a ton to it which is awesome because it's limiting and you kind of makes you focus and think outside the box of how to use different things um but basically getting like a a, fun- a function generator which is like for attack decay envelopes mm-hmm. just having the, if i were able to have that and integrate that within the system would you know blow it up immensely yeah and then just kind of slowly piece that together to where that would become its own system uh-huh. as well you know so i up until I, it feels like we have almost like similar thought processes and, and histories with a lot of stuff but where the clear divide is is you do research and you plan I don't do that. <laughs> I've, I've, I've owned probably the amount of modules as I have, like that I have right now, and got rid of. I've gotten rid of as many as I have right now, mm-hmm. you know. And I've mm-hmm. only been into it for not even a year. So like, I'm like, that looks cool. Like shiny object, grab that. Um, so is is the one thing a year? Is that kind of is that is that cost, yeah. or is that I want to make sh- I want to fully learn this thing before I start adding more shit. I think both. I mean, yeah, if I had the, you know, unlimited funds, Uh um, um, sure, I'd go all in. I'm sure I'm going to break that rule. Like, but, (laughs) you know, um, just responsibly, um, you know, and somehow breaking the news to my wife of like, (laughs) hey, I'm going to like spend 1500 bucks, like. Every two months, if I were going to really try and get one uh-huh. up and a whole, you know, eighteen-unit system up and going, um, I, I can't. I can't do that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I can somehow slip that under the radar of like, yeah, I probably spend two thousand dollars on <laughs> gear somehow, and it, like you know, picks and strings and uh-huh. right, and swapping out pedals or guitars or whatever. Anyway, so it, you know, I'm like I said, I'm a psycho with gear, but I'm somewhat practical, like. Yeah. I tell myself. But. Well, I think that's a good combination. Um, as I have, like, swapped out modules and got stuff and gotten rid of it, I, I'm, I'm being more and more discerning mm-hmm. because I'm like, this is really expensive. And every time you buy one and trade it in, you're, like, you're losing money. And <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, I... But but another thing is, then is that's like, the fun of it too. It it, it is, and, and you see a video of somebody who really knows how to use it with other modules that it pairs nicely with, and you're like, I have to have that, and then you get it, and it's like, oh, yeah, I can't do that. Yeah, it's not what I thought it was, or you know, it's. Mm-hmm. I feel like you almost have to have it for a little bit before you know if you like it or not. You, yeah. Although like a div kid video is really useful. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. I'm kind of rambling now. No. Yeah. Because. <laughs> Also, I think 
spending I'm, I'm sure like i have an idea of like map out like oh what i should get first and stuff but i'm sure as i go then i'll, I'll there's something that i think i need mm-hmm. that i'll get to like oh i'm not going to yeah <laughs> um you know and because i have just the basis of the easel like i can always kind of like i'm always falling back on that i know i can make music with that yeah well and so going back to talking about your album you said one one take one patch yeah for a song you make fully fleshed out pieces of music then like i i was as i was listening to it i was like i don't think this is multi-tracked but i wouldn't you know if he said it was i'd be mm-hmm. like yeah it makes sense i mean um, yeah i guess when i approach it i feel like um hey uh in continuity sake may the fourth be with you oh right it is may the fourth today yeah That's right. <laughs> um as i'm gonna drop some star wars knowledge but in the <laughs> in that um trailer for rogue one where i forget the dude's name but uh he was like you know make five men feel like a hundred i feel like that with like the bucla where it's like uh-huh. i have to make these two oscillators feel like three and a half um so yeah just trying to you know it's like i find the basis of the patch and then just explore all the different avenues of like how can i blow this out mm-hmm. and really actually using just i only used the my tape echo and the eventide uh, space delay as instruments too, like playing those. There's okay. Stuff yeah. on there that will, you know, use a shimmer reverb and that all those high uh, uh, octave frequencies can sound like other, you uh-huh. know, drone kind of voices. So. No, that's, that's an interesting way to uh, explore your gear and make it work for you in the best way. Yeah, because then I get to, it's like, sure, I'd love another oscillator. Yeah. Like, I, I probably eventually will, but right now it's just, like, let's push it. Mm-hmm. And, man, we got we to gotta start making some noise with this thing. Um, God, it's so fucking cool looking. I thought I had one more. Okay, so one more last question before we start patching, because it's getting to be, oh, shit, we're already at 45 minutes. Um the, so so these patches that you make mm-hmm. start to start to your fir- your first patch point to hitting record on the tape machine about how long is it is it vary a lot or is there do you do you find that you have kind of a, a window of time that you work in um usually like within a a sitting i mean cuz they're very like usually pretty simple mm-hmm. melodies or whatever right um and there aren't a ton of options on the Buka. So it's more of like coming up with the sound, either, you know, um, almost kind of working with the timbres and stuff first uh-huh. in the modulation. And then it's like, all right, now let's, and it's just been droning on this one note and let's, let's change the note. And then it's kind of figuring out the melody after that. Okay. Um, so you do have a process usually. Kind of. I mean, whenever I, I think I'll go in like, oh, I'm going to make something that's going to sound like that. Like I have an idea in my head. It never it's never worked for me, even with guitar or any kind of music. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, even with guitar, I mean, you know, sometimes that'll work. But yeah, like, I let it kind of go where it wants to take mm-hmm. me and then um, figure out my parameters from there. And I I'm, I don't know, I feel like I'm getting better at it, too, to pushing, um, pushing the patches into different areas um, and kind of playing that module on the spot has helped with that because it's like, yeah, you've got to play like a 15 to 20 minute thing. Uh-huh. 
Um, and so to keep that interesting and my brain is in the, you know, well, I kind of am making three to four minute pop type songs. Uh Um, so trying to bridge those gaps and like, um, stretch things out and, and weave them into, to, um, yeah, into longer pieces. Um, I, I don't know, I'm getting better at that, but early on it's just like, oh, like I can kind of make a quick song out of this, like let's do this. And I was posting a lot of stuff on YouTube mm-hmm. um, and actually a bit of the albums are just me going back. So I'm calling, it's called Year One, uh-huh. the, the album, which is kind of just like my full, it's kind of on my full year of having this. Uh-huh. So I, you know, with the YouTube videos, I kind of was just documenting of like what I was doing, it's one way to do it, but it was just crappy, like, Let's put the phone over there. Let's not plug it uh-huh. into anything. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't get into that till like I did like a, a big Christmas kind of um, patch session. Oh yeah, we um, got to talk about that. Okay, we'll but if it's in that, um, and so a lot of the album is me. Like once I got the tape machine, um, and was just loving you know stereo right into that. Um, just kind of going back, and I was. I mean, because I had these videos of a lot of stuff I'd done to kind of try and recreate some of those patches and get them up, um, put them on tape. Oh, wow. So okay. there's there's a handful of that, like, are how, on. How much success did you have in the recreation of them as far as, like, how close were they? Pretty close. Yeah. I mean, there's, like, um, you know, I would kind of, I had the video, but then usually I would take, I don't know, I got once I got this, I got just so worried about, I'm never going to find this again uh-huh. that I would take kind of detailed photos okay. <laughs> of, okay. of setups. And so you kind of approximately will get there. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I swear with, with this and I've heard other people say it who have way more experience than me. Like you will have a patch, you'll close your case, you'll go somewhere else and turn it on. And that patch is different. Yeah. And it, and you didn't change a thing yeah. about it. So like just the whole recreation thing, but I, I feel like, even though I have no reason to make this claim, I feel like it might be more realistic on the easel than yeah, it is. because there's still, you know, half of it is a keyboard. So, you know, mm-hmm. as long as, like, I'll play the old video and kind of, all right, where's that tuning for that oscillator? And then kind of try and match that. Okay. And then, and then it's like, hey, maybe yeah, I should write that down. Um, so this is all, like, one thing talking to it. Like, this, this is, you know... St- 17 things that are different yep. different makers and yeah and i don't know how much that plays into it though but okay we, we we're running low on time to to get to the patch although this is my fucking podcast and do it that's right i mean I, I never understand <laughs> i don't know if we can talk podcast really quick but let's do it i never understand when because i'm a big consumer um when people are like yeah well we've run out of our time so i'm i am of the camp that if the show is three hours long because that's how long they talked, then awesome. I love long podcasts. If it's if it's good. If it's good. Sometimes it doesn't even have to be good. I just like to because, listen to them. Because they become your friends. Right, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> the reason this show is 45 minutes to 58 minutes long is we just we can't upload anything mm. bigger than 100 megabytes. And oh, really? Yeah, so I can't. I don't want to go below like 256 on the MP3s. So we need to find better hosting. And so I've you had, need more Patreon. 
Yeah, so if you if you want to if you want to help us out, that's Patreon. If you want four hour shows, yeah, yeah, who fucking wants that? Um, no, it's just it's just makes it easier for uploading right now. I want to I want to work on that, but we've already paid we've already paid for our our subscriber or not subscriber whatever. Um, but let's talk about this Christmas thing because you talked. Oh yeah, I remember talking to you about. And I don't, I, all I know is we talked about Christmas music mm-hmm. and I've always wanted to make a Christmas album that was actually interesting because I hate most Christmas music, but the stuff that I do like, I think is really, really good. And it really serves a purpose for making it feel like it's that, like mm-hmm. a certain time of year and everything like that sounds super corny, but it has a place. I hear you. Um, so I've always, I've always wanted to do that, but every time I want to do it, it's usually like December 1st and mm-hmm. it's like, well, I can't make an album mm-hmm. by the 15th. So. Or can you? Because okay. <laughs> it was about December 1st uh-huh. and, um, I remember like reading somewhere, um, about there being like a Bukla Christmas like album or something. And, and, um, and then I found it. So this guy named Warner, uh, it's Warner. Jepson, um, he played, um, I think it was like for some, uh, holiday event at this museum. Um, he played the Bukla 100 series. So it was like the series before this, like even more kind of archaic and, and cool. Um, and they, you know, had recordings of this and it's just super like charming, simple, but off kilter, uh-huh. um, Christmas music, like, um, you know, like really crazy kind of tempos and stuff, and the tuning's kind of off because the tuning is always kind of off uh-huh. on these things. And were they re- were they classic Christmas songs or were they originals? Yeah, they'd be like you know, deck the halls and uh-huh. stuff, or where. And be, it, it was kind of like a medley of stuff. You can get it on Bandcamp for. I think he has it. You know, it's just donate whatever you want. Okay, like he's he's passed. He's he was an interesting dude. I kind of got into him more since um, discovering that. But, uh, so yeah, definitely like worth a listen. And so, you know, I don't know. It's like, I was like, I felt like, oh, that would be fun to do something like that. I mean, cause he would just have these little 30 second medleys of the song or whatever. Uh-huh. And, um, so I just thought like, well, what if I tried some of my favorite Christmas songs? Like, and it'll just it's an excuse to then just like be in front of this thing for uh-huh. a bunch and uh-huh. try different things. So it kind of was just making a project and setting parameters. Um, and let's just like, see if I can do it. So, and I, so I had in my head like, okay, I'm going to do like a 12 days of Christmas, but the 12 days leading up because the 12 days of Christmas doesn't really start till the day of Christmas. And oh. that's when day, but no, we want to listen to Christmas music right, right. in <laughs> early January. Shut that shit down yeah. on the 26th. Um, <laughs> so I had, um, and I was like hoping to get my tape machine done at the same time. Um, it's all set up, but that didn't really work out. Um, so it's not really in stereo, um, except for the New Year's song that I did put too. Um, so you do have a Christmas album on YouTube. On YouTube. So for okay. so basically the twelve days leading up to like I had banked maybe like seven like in a feverish like weekend. Uh huh. Um, I just kind of made videos of. Um, yeah, different, different patches of different, yeah, different Christmas songs. Like, you know, stuff from the, um, um, it's just stuff that I, I wanted to try and recreate. So uh-huh. my favorite ones, so stuff from the, um, the claymation 
um, Rudolph. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, that's the Misfit Island. Mr. Grinch, yeah, Island of Misfit Toys. I got yeah. that track on there. And um, uh, the Slow Burn, the um, There's Always Tomorrow. That, um, I don't know if I know that that's, one. Um, oh, I probably do, but yeah, I can't think of it. It's a good one. Uh, and how do people find this on YouTube? Uh, you should be able to search, uh, well, I think Buka Music Easel and then like Christmas or okay. Dark Buka Music Easel and uh, Dark Sparkler will probably either get you to my page and then you can, I've got a whole playlist of all the songs. So I got seven into it and then I started releasing them and then it was also like, I got to keep this going. I made it like, I'm going to do 12 Christmas songs and one every day will be released. Uh-huh. And so then I just had to keep on top of it to, to That's kind of cool. Yeah. You like, you, you, you put this, you, you make a claim and then you have to, yeah. you have to do it. It's yeah, kind of like a, starting a podcast. There's a goal. There's a deadline <laughs> and yeah, like let's meet it or look like a doof because I didn't. Right. You know? Right. All right. Let's get you an adjective out of the hat. I just replenished them today. Too. Oh, yeah. Uppity. Uppity. Ooh. Uppity fang. Uppity fang. Oh. Hmm. How do you feel about that? I mean, I just, like, think you want to like, try again. Up. It's up to you. Those. So what I've noticed about this is sometimes it's golden. Like, sometimes it's the best thing ever, but then sometimes it's kind of like, that doesn't sound like that works. Um, I'm always just for, like, oh, what's... What's somebody's interpretation of that? It might not be mine, but if they can sell it. So this could be just an exercise of like how well I can sell whatever you're going to hear damn, shortly. you the right fucking attitude. You're, you have a good attitude, man. <laughs> All right. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Let's set the clock for seven and a half minutes and check in with you in a little bit. Okay. Sweet. Game on. So we're halfway through. Yeah. Uppity Fang. Uppity Fang. Um, I think, you know, I think of... Uh, fangs as down mm-hmm. facing down teeth. so I'm just turning them up so I think of like in a way it looks like a sawtooth uh-huh okay but then a sawtooth is usually ramping kind of up so I'm flipping that with the um uh actually with my kind of pulser or whatever I'm having it kind of do a uh instead of pulse like this let me show you what this would sound like Okay. I've got it um, inverted, so then it has kind of like more uh-huh. that uh-huh. sucking sound. I don't know, you know. No, I like it. You're you're, like, you're sounds. Get, you're, no, right? it's great. I, lo- I love to hear it because everybody is so different on, on how they explain like, what it is that, that that prompted them from the words. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah, I've got that or... Working on the timbres and stuff for that, um, and then the other. Which I actually got to get this thing going. Um, I've got kind of a bass okay. kick kick drum thing going. Um, that I'm. I might leave it where it's at. I might mess with it. Might go to. Might go to square or something. Mm-hmm. So still kind of figuring that out. And I've got basically the uh, one envelope generator go into that but it's being triggered by the um the sequential uh, voltage source which is basically a five-step uh sequencer but it's only hitting on the one and the four but it's going through five steps okay okay um 
which I can, you know, and I might mess with that during kind of performance, changing okay. the rhythm of that. So what, 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 where's uppity coming into play here? I guess I'm uppity by turning that fang around. I'm thinking oh. of that, like I'm inverting it, but it's, <laughs> but it's see. already, and now that like I'm talking it through, it's like, um, God, brains are weird. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but then I'm also thinking, you know, uppity, should I make it more um, like major sounding? Like, in, like change the key. I usually kind of, you know, somehow spin it positive. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. All right. Well, let's. Uh, you got any other pieces going that you want to show, or do you want to just take another seven and a half minutes? Um, to finish up? Yeah. Because, yeah, those are kind of the. I mean, there's not many building blocks on here, but that's what's going thus far. So now it's kind of reining that in and then probably throwing on like some mod, uh, maybe some AM or FM modulation on it just to screw Fuck it yeah. up. Fuck yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's check in after a word from our sponsors. Are you interested in getting started with modular synthesis, but you're worried about the cost? Join the hundreds of others who have never held a soldering iron in building your own superb modular synthesizer. All AI synthesis modules are wiring-free, skiff-friendly, have free schematics, and full how-to-build videos. They are, simply put, the easiest to build modules in the world. Not only does AI synthesis fully support their own modules, they also have general guides for tools to buy, how to build a $26 oscilloscope, and much more. Find out more at AISynthesis.com. How are you enjoying, you enjoying that? Oh, you haven't opened the Lone Star yet. Oh, here we go. Let's, here. let's, I want, I want... Oh... Killed, a, killed everybody's ears. Right there. <laughs> we brought a Lone Star back from Austin, and I've tried to, I've offered it to multiple guests, and everybody's kind of been like, eh, like, not interested enough for me to be like, you can have that one. Yeah, but, but my fascination of the Yellow King draws yeah. me to it. <laughs> I I give you quite the lineup too to choose from. Yeah, and uh, I saw that red and gold and white, and was like, it's not a Miller highlight. No. <laughs> Yet it kind of. Taste. It doesn't taste too different from one. No, no. I mean, that was this initial. I feel like it's it's rainier. I feel like it's the exact same thing. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty damn close. Yeah. Um, which, if you want to drink 16 of them in a day, then it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> not, not today. <laughs> um, all right. So, Uppity Fang. You feeling good about it? It's, you know, yeah. sorry, it's, you know, I'm... Nah, I don't know. Yeah, we're going with it. I just wanted to ask really quick because I wanted to get into it earlier, but you meant you have a son, right? Yeah. And how old is he? Seven. Oliver. Does he dig this stuff or is it kind of a little too... No, yeah, he... I mean, you know, he's not going to geek out on it. I mean, there's... Right. There's Nintendo Switch and... Yeah. And <laughs> stuff, but, um, but no, usually when I'm jamming on it, he'll come in and it's like, yeah, he'll, he'll want to plink around on it. Um, and he, we brought him to the last Patchworks uh, event, and he got kind of super psyched there. And um, his uncle was actually letting us borrow one of those, like, rolly seaboard and um, one of those, like, touchpad kind of keyboard things okay. that, where you plug it in your iPhone and you've got all the oh, sounds nice. or whatever. Nice. And so he's been jamming on that. So, Man, young Oliver, or older Oliver, if you're listening to this in the future, you're lucky your dad has a, <laughs> has a Buchla music easel. Yeah, and then he's going to be like, he, he could have spent more time 
<laughs> all, all that fucking Christmas yeah. music that He's that like, bastard I wanna, made. Should have broke that thing. <laughs> Take one of my lightsabers to it. May the fourth be with you. All right, let's check out this uppity fang. Gorgeous. Thank you. Right on. Well, thank you so much for, for being here. Thanks for having me. And uh, let's, let's go great. get some drinks in Georgetown. Sounds good. All right. All right. Thank you, Kyle, and thank you guys for listening. Um, remember that you can pre-order Year One by Dark Sparkler Music at darksparkler.bandcamp.com. In fact, this song that you hear behind us is from that album, and it is called Flight of the Banshee. And also, don't forget, if you're in Seattle, uh, July 7th, go check out the album release show with uh, Donald Crunk, Lemon Jaya, and The Animals at Night. Thanks again to our sponsors, uh, AI Synthesis and Recovery Effects. And until next week, 